Have you found your Bibles? Matthew chapter 8. We're in this series called Miracles with Meaning. Why don't you say it out loud with me? Miracles with Meaning. The Gospels contain stories of Jesus' ministry that record real miracles that had an immediate impact. But these miracles also have meaning to every reader. They speak today. They invite faith today. They inform our expectations today. They charge our expectometer. How's your expectometer today? Many of the miracles that we read in the Bible, that we read uh, in the, the life of Jesus, are often, or at least they seem to be, they are depicted in crisis scenarios. Or they are in what appear to be crusade-type settings. It's either a crisis or a crusade that we see a miracle, right? They can leave, oftentimes when we read them that way, we, they can leave the reader with the idea that miracles are intended to be uh, uh, public or, or dramatic. But... It, it, it can feel like miracles are supposed to be accompanied by some sort of intense theme music or plot twist. Now, in full disclosure, I'm, I'm in favor of theme music. I, like, I, I, I do imagine some of Jesus' miracles with some theme music. But we can also see Jesus ministering in very personal and very informal settings. In other words, friends, when, we, when it comes to the miracles of Jesus... He isn't just Jesus for the crisis or for the crowds. He is Jesus for your family. Just two verses this morning, verses 14 and 15 of Matthew chapter 8. If you have a Bible that has that that uh, has subtitles in it, so that the, tra- the the editors do that, so you can see what the, what they imagine to be sections of study or what they call pericopes. But even the even even the subtitle here in my Bible says Jesus heals many, and we'll get to the many part next week. But before Jesus heals many, he does something much more mild, much more immediate. Verses 14 and 15, when Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand. Just say that out loud with me. What, What theme music would you attach to that? What drama, what crisis, what plot twist? What dramatic thing? He just... Almost unnoticed. You would have had to have been paying attention to see him do that. It's quite unlikely that Jesus would have said something to the effect of, I am about to touch her hand. could have very well been that nobody saw it. I mean, almost no one noticed. Someone might have mentioned it to him. Hey, you know, 
Melba's in the other room there. Melba's a first century Palestinian name for mother-in-law. No, it's not. <laughs> well, he's a doctor. He might know. He might. I mean, I've never. It's in your footnote. He touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she got up and began to wait on him. It, it almost just, you, you almost wonder, where's the drama? Where's the plot twist? Where's the shock and awe? Where's the altar call? Where's the, and they were all amazed. That, we're supposed to find that part. And they were all amazed. And they went around and the whole community. And then the Pharisees were mad. Where's all that stuff? Nothing. It's not just Jesus for the crisis and the crusades. He's Jesus for your family. How does this miracle encourage us to believe in and to imitate Jesus? First, very simply, we should believe Jesus for our family. By verse 14, Jesus had already had a long day. Matthew has noted for us that this is a that Jesus had returned, he was, he was away teaching, and that he, he kind of traces Jesus where he's coming home back to Capernaum. We know from other gospel accounts of this timeline that Jesus had already been to church that morning. As a matter of fact, Jesus had already driven out a demon that morning. And from the gospel accounts, this was the first demon he drove out. First demon he found was in church. Don't ever let anybody tell you the devil don't love religion. He had already driven out a demon, and perhaps on the way home from that, there's when the centurion finds him and says, I'm not willing for you to come to my house, but just speak the word. So Jesus says, as you have believed, so it will be. And the centurion servant is healed at that very moment. We don't know how much more uh, teaching and ministry had occurred that day, but it's reasonable to conclude that it had been a day. And probably, probably it's, Probably, if we're not careful, we'll think, well, he was Jesus. He's the Son of God. It probably was all just, you know, it probably didn't even wear him out. He emptied himself of divine privilege and lived this life as human as you and me, entirely dependent upon the Holy Spirit. So, in other words, Jesus could get just as physically worn out as you. Emotionally tired. There's something energizing about the anointing of the Holy Spirit in our life, and there's something that also just leaves us tapped out. Virtue flowing out of him, no doubt, was refreshing, and because that's why one reason is why probably after significant times of ministry, Jesus would slip away in quiet and recharge in the presence of his heavenly Father. So it probably been a day. I mean, it, it, we just have to admit that, that the Bible at least gives us that much information. And he comes home to Peter's house. 
in the same way that many of us would just come home. Tired. Looking to rest. Looking to be our non-public self. To let our hair down or our guard down or, you know, just to get our sweatpants on. There are people in my house that it takes them about three and a half seconds to go from sparkle boots to sweatpants. <laughs> and I say, I, say, I can't believe how fast you can do that. He comes home in the same way, many, in the same way that you and I do. And he notices, perhaps someone mentions or not, but he notices that Peter, Peter's mother-in-law is down with a fever. Could have been Malta fever, which was very dangerous. Many uh, writers think it was something close to malaria because of the lake and the marsh and the region there. It was fairly common. This would have, what she had as far as a fever probably was common could have been recurring in her life or in the lives of other people. It was potentially very problematic. Although the text doesn't present this as alarm. You know, when the centurion said, my servant is paralyzed and suffering terribly, you know, we've got we to deal with this right now. The text doesn't give us that sense of alarm here. But no doubt it was a condition that was a threat and it was a burden and it was a concern to the family. A serious fever had wiped her out. Note what Jesus does not do. Oh, I see that Melba has a fever. Why don't you have her call the office, make an appointment? It's been a long day. I'll catch her on Monday, maybe Tuesday. Or maybe just... Look over and shrug and think, well, that'll probably pass. She's tough. What does he do after all of that he's already done? He takes her hand and the fever leaves. He takes her hand and the fever leaves. I know it's almost, hear me right, it's almost disappointing. What I mean is, Where's the flair? Where's the drama? Where's the music? Where's the crescendo? Where's the guy jumping off the cliff and grabbing the helicopter at the last second? You know, it's, it's the one second left on the bomb, you know, clock. MacGyver. This is just not a MacGyver miracle. He just takes her hand and the fever leaves. This is essential. This the scene here is priceless and it is powerful. He is at a very Peter's house. Many commentators say that, that this could have very well been the, just something very much like this might, may have been, although I don't know that I agree, may have been the closest thing to his own house in this region, in Compertium. It's kind of where he had, this is where he hung out. The point is, he's at Peter's house and there is no, pub, there is no publicity. No publicity, but the same Jesus. No publicity, 
same Jesus. All his love, all his power, without crowds, without an altar call, without any follow-up or fanfare. This is just Jesus being Jesus in the privacy of a close friend's home. Jesus was not one of those who was at his best in public and then at his least in private. Among those closest to him, he was still at his best. The fever leaves her, and she gets up and begins to wait on him, and likely others. But it, 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 note this. Note how, why would the, Matthew tell us that she gets up and begins to wait on him? Uh, it, please don't read that like Jesus walked in, wondered where dinner was, and thought, well, I better heal her if I want to get something to eat. That would not be a good hermeneutic. Why does Matthew tell us all of this? Well, Matthew's already done a pretty good job of telling us how thorough Jesus heals. To the leper, he said, now go and take the offering to the priests to verify, to show them you are fully healed so that the the leper could return to his family and to society. So what's Matthew telling us now? Well, has anybody here ever had or known somebody that's struggled or had a real hard fever? Has it, has it knocked the soup out of you? Even if, the, what happens if the fever breaks? Do you just get up and suddenly run a marathon, do some aerobics, turn on Jane Fonda and go for it? <laughs> Jane Fonda used to do aerobic videos. I, that's, 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 that's 35 years old. I should never bring that up again. Um, um, I didn't even do them when she did them. But, uh, uh, but what happened? The, the fever leave, lifts and she is restored to strength immediately. No, no, it would have been great if they said, look, he prayed and the fever broke. Well, now just let her get another few days of rest and she'll be on, she'll she'll be, mama will be on her feet in no time. Well, actually, mama was on her feet in no time. He touched her, the fever left, she got up and and got right back to serving. She was fully restored Let this inform your expectometer. Jesus doesn't do junior varsity stuff anywhere. He is as thorough and devoted in a home among loved ones as he is in public crisis or to crowds in the crusades. He's the same Jesus. And you and I can believe Jesus for our family. We don't have to think. Well, it'll be it'll be junior varsity, or where? Well, if we were at a we, if, we, if we were at a crusade, if this were a, if this were an auditorium, we could. No, all you need is Jesus. The story is here for perhaps good reason. Understanding some of the reasons why Matthew was written and how it was preserved and passed on, 
while it may not seem as dramatic as some, it does speak to the reader, be they just a disciple, a follower of Jesus, learning what it means to follow him. It was also used as a catechism, as a a, a manual to train Christian leaders for uh, in ministry. And what you see, if you're whether you are following him as a disciple or learning to lead others, you can see that we can believe that the same Jesus who feeds the multitudes and who walks on water will be fully present in our home for our loved ones. It would be easy for us to think that the kingdom, that the ministry is for out there. I don't know how many times in my life have I gone to some crazy conference in Christian leadership and have someone say, well, you know, signs and wonders are for the marketplace. And they'll say it so often that it's like signs and wonders aren't supposed to happen in church or at an altar time or at at your family table or in your living room because they're for the marketplace. And that kind of flawed, bumper sticker, sloppy theology messes with people's minds. It robs them of faith and it maligns and mars the true nature of Jesus. He doesn't have one place. He's he's the God of the mountains and the God of the valleys. He's the same Jesus in the crusade as he is at the family table. This is here to tell the Christian leader that the Jesus that you're preaching and depending on and serving will be faithful to be with you at home with your loved ones. Jesus is dependable. Jesus is consistent. Jesus is consistent. It's not just an apron. Not just an apron. I don't know. Maybe you like Starbucks. Maybe you like some other place. But Starbucks is the easiest one to pick on. Because here's the deal. You, somebody works at Starbucks. They go in there and they put on one of them aprons. Sometimes it's a green one. Sometimes it's a black one. I don't know. I guess some sort of depend on what level of Jedi they are. They, they wear a different color of apron. And when they put that apron on at Starbucks, you can walk in there and you can say, give me shimbalama haba haba waba. And they'll know exactly what you mean. And if, you don't, if they don't make it right, you can throw it at them and... Uh, and you can say, this is horrible. And they'll say, oh, I'm so sorry. Let me make it up to you. I'll make you a brand new one. And they'll fall all over themselves. At least they're supposed to. They'll fall all over themselves. And they'll say, oh, I'm so sorry. Here's your coffee. And then, and, 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 and they'll just, here you go. But you know what? If they take that apron off, and you come up to them in the parking lot and say, give me an Americano, they have a different suggestion for you. You are less likely to get a coffee if they are not wearing the apron. But Jesus is not just wearing an apron. It's not just an apron. It's not just a thing that he's doing. It does sometimes. He's consistent. It doesn't matter which way you catch him. It doesn't matter which way you slice him. He's the same Jesus. Therefore, friends, we should expect and believe fully Jesus for our family, for our loved ones. When, no, when there's no cameras and no crowds and no crusades and not even an altar call, he's still Jesus. This miracle also encourages the, the reader <laughs> because this is not just here to lead us to believe Jesus, but to be like him. 
The gospel, this passage, Matthew's not here just to inform us to believe him, but to be like him. Somebody say, be like him. Therefore, this miracle encourages the reader to be like Jesus to your family. Do you leave him for your family? Be like him to your family. Now, don't get quiet on me now. Stay happy. Jesus was not one of those who was at his best in public and at his least in private. Are you? Do you bring your best? Does your family, your loved ones, do they receive 100% of your love and power? Too many of my colleagues are out saving the world and losing their families. Would those outside recognize you inside? As at church, is it prophecy, but at home, it's profanity? At church, it's a servant, but at home, a, a tyrant? Are you consistent? Is your Christianity more than an apron? Everybody wants to lay hands on the multitudes. But our families, our loved ones, just need us to take them by the hand. Make your home a place of life. Make your home a place of hope and healing by being like Jesus to your family. Tradition tells us that, Tossie, where are you at? Can I have one of you guys come to the keyboard for me? We're going to close. Tradition tells us that Peter's wife joined him in ministry. And even in martyrdom, that Peter watched his wife die first, martyred for Christ. Part of me just wonders how much of this was because at one point in the privacy and the vulnerability of their home, Jesus was more than an apron. Jesus was Jesus to her mama. We must believe Jesus for our families. We must be like Jesus to our families. Let's stand together. Would you pray with me as we close? Where do you need Jesus for your family today? Where do you need Jesus for your family today? The circumstance, the need, the person. 
No, it doesn't have to be a crusade. It doesn't have to be a big altar call. It doesn't have to be theme music. You can believe Jesus for the privacy of your own life, your own concerns. It may not even seem like a big deal to other people. But if it matters to you, you can believe it matters to Jesus. And how can you, how should you, be like Jesus to your family? For some of you, that's going to, restart, that's going to need to begin with a bit of an apology. For some of us, that's going to be a bit of repentance. But don't let your Christianity be an apron. Be as thoroughly Christian to your loved ones as you need Jesus to be thoroughly Jesus to you. That is what it means to follow Jesus. Now, Heavenly Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you come upon us afresh this morning? Lord, in your grace, in your mercy, or would you come and be Christ in our homes? We, we bring to you today our concerns. We bring to you our hopes, our desires, Lord, deep dreams, deep longings, places that, Lord, we need you to show up and do what only you can do. And there may not be theme music. There may not be big dramatic moments. We, all we need is the touch of your hand. Come in our homes, Lord with all your love and all your power. And Lord, then help us, each of us, just to follow your example and do the same. And this we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe that, would you say amen?